Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast. This is Bob Shoy. Hey, it's Becca. And we're recording this on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we've got nothing better to do. Cool, we're trying to squeak out for the end of the year. <laughs> and um, it's, for now, uh, our last ever episode of this podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And what are we talking about, Becca? We're talking about the uh, wonderful Chadwick Boseman. We are. Uh, we said a few episodes ago that we'd focus this one on uh, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. Uh, after his passing this year, we thought, let's do a retrospective of his entire back catalogue. Because uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's relatively short. Yeah. But there's some, some of that I haven't seen. Yeah. quality material. And I know that you like biographies, Becca. Biographic yeah. films. I do, yeah. So you, you must have enjoyed digging into this. <laughs> He does a few. Yeah, there's quite a lot good. of them. Quite a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of bios and a lot of our other weakness, sports movies. <laughs> <laughs> As two like non-sporting people both enjoy sports movies. Yeah. But yeah, like we said, he died earlier this year, uh, 2020, mm. um, after struggling for four years with colon cancer, basically without anyone knowing. Yeah. It was like a big shock. Um so as he sort of, his fame increased in the last few years and he's been doing these huge films, some of the biggest films of all time, mm-hmm. that whole time he's been secretly battling against colon cancer. I know, incredible. Which like is really? Really amazing, yeah. Yeah. He's such a powerful um, presence yeah. in his films and it must have been, um, yeah, so incredibly difficult to conceal that. And that he had good reasons because I think... As soon as you know, as soon as anybody knows, um, if you have any kind of condition like that, you kind of get sidelined mm. from a lot of like stuff. Especially he was, you know, part of the um, the Marvel mm. um, universe, um, and I think if they'd have kind of got wind of that, it would have changed his kind of entire career trajectory towards the end. Maybe, yeah, because. Um, it was shortly after he was cast as Black Panther in the Captain America movie, the third Captain America movie, mm. uh, that he was diagnosed. Yeah. So it was like before he'd even worked on and made that his own Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, no one knew why he was when he was filming that. Mm. 
But um, I th- I'm trying to remember, like, I haven't got a note of this, but I remember I watched a few interviews or clips or read a few clips of interviews and stuff over the last couple of days. And one of them I read, he was basically saying um, while he was alive, mm. he wanted to use every bit of talent that he'd been given mm. so that when he eventually passed, he had nothing left. Like, basically, like when He's he arrives at the himself. pearly gates, he can mm-hmm. say, I used everything you gave me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he, I think he, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'd, I feel like I could have watched him for many, many more years. Yeah, because um, I feel like he was getting he was better so and better. Um, but as long as he felt, I hope that he felt satisfied yeah. with his achievements because they're incredible. Um, so also another thing that came out was quite a famous thing about him was that his tuition at Oxford University, I didn't know it was Oxford University in the UK. Cool. He did he uh, did some tuition here, but that was all paid for by previous uh, subject of our podcast, Denzel Washington, um, who who paid tuitions for, I think, a few different people, but That's amazing. To, to go through their tuition at Oxford University. So Why does Denzel put them through? In- I don't know. I think he, he really uh, believed in... Chad, in Chadwick's case, he really believed in him as an actor. Thought he was a really talented guy yeah. and wanted to like push him through and make sure he got the opportunities. Yeah, uh, but He's he does do that. In, um, Chadwick's born in um, South Carolina. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of like prestigious American universities. I think he so. went though. It wasn't just Oxford that he went to. He went to like a few different places for oh, different I things. Oh, cool. I think it was not a degree. See, I haven't got my information, but you know. He did a degree or something, some sort of theatre arts program at right, Oxford okay. University. Oh, cool. So it's like a postgraduate thing, mm. and that was what was um, that was like funded. what was funded by Denzel. And when he received an award, um, he famously like that's when he kind of announced it. He said, "Oh, I want to say thanks to Denzel Washington, who's in the audience, mm. who actually got me here. I might not have got here if it wasn't for him because he mm. actually paid for my tuition and stuff." Yeah. So. We're jumping ahead, but the most recent one that we watched, Ma Rainey's, it was um, produced by... That was produced by Denzel Denzel as well, wasn't it? So they've obviously had like a long and quite probably quite close, if he's funded his um, Mm, education, mm. quite close relationship with him over the years. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody of that calibre in your corner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It does help. (laughs) But yeah, so that that's actually why this podcast was delayed. You mentioned Marini's. Yeah, uh, that film was just released on the eighteenth of December, twenty twenty. So that's mm. um, his final film. It. It's a posthumous release for him. But we were originally going to do this episode in November, and then we thought, well, we want to cover his last film. If we're going to do a whole filmography, yeah. so we did the Disney one last month, mm. last minute, and then now we can talk about all the films. Yeah, well, it's nice to have it all. You know everything, as opposed to just adding in like a little addendum or whatever. Yeah, or have it not complete. So um, on IMDb mm-hmm. currently, what are his four known for roles? Um, films. So Black Panther. Yes, I think that's quite an obvious one. Uh, Captain America: Civil War, mm-hmm. Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. and Forty Two. Okay, so three of them. A Marvel. Yeah, three out of his four Marvel appearances are in his top four. On his known fours. And we generally, when we go through this at the end and sort of rearrange the known fours, try to not have two films from the same franchise. Yeah. So definitely. That'll be getting shifted about. Yeah. Yeah. But we will talk about those four films before we delve into the beginning of his back catalogue. 
So do you want to start with Black Panther? Let's just talk about... We'll, we'll include Endgame as well, even though it's not on there. We'll just talk about his right, black role as Black Panther and we'll yeah. go through... We'll do even chronologically, so we'll talk about yeah. Civil War, Black Panther, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Captain America Civil War. So you like cats? Sam. What? Duke shows up dressed like a cat. You don't want to know more? Your suit. It's vibranium. The Black Panther has been the protector of Wakanda for generations. A mantle passed from warrior to warrior. And now because your friend murdered my father, I also wear the mantle of king. So I ask you, as both warrior and king, how long do you think you can keep your friend safe from me? Right, so this is where he kind of gets introduced yes. into the whole ensemble of the Avengers and the Marvel Universe. Yeah, this is he is very much like a side character in this. They used it as like to sort of introduce his character yeah. slightly before, you know, the main Featuring his feature film. Yeah. yeah, you kind of get his origin in this. Mm. So you haven't got to waste time in his own film to do that. Yes. Which is good because this film really was an ensemble. It felt like... Um, it wasn't an Avengers movie, but it feels like basically another Avengers movie. Yeah. Rather than a, just a solo Captain America, because it is a huge ensemble. It also introduced Spider-Man. Yes. Into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it really was just like, let's introduce some more characters and really expand this. Yes. So yeah, you get um, Black Panther's like a little bit of his origin. Well, how he kind of becomes Black Panther, really, because it's a... Uh, um, well, you see his father killed in this film. Yeah. It's, uh, gene- it's genetics, isn't it? It's all kind of like a bloodline. Well, it's, it's, his, his dad's like the king of Wakanda, basically, yeah. and then he's killed in terrorist attack and he takes passed on seat. to mm. his son. Um, and we talked about the Marvel films a little bit, mm. not majorly in depth, but we both enjoy the Marvel films and going to see them. They're fun, well-made action movies. Yeah. You get to see like three of these a year, Incredibly basically. Incredibly like, in-depth. Yeah, and I think you get more... The more you put in, the more you get out of it. Yeah. I'm not like... My whole life is based around these films, like some people, but I do always keep up with them and I do find them really fun action films. Yeah. Um, They're just reliable. Every time you watch one, you know it's going to be... Yeah, even the worst ones are still fun and watchable. Mm. And the character of Black Panther, I think when they introduced him, it was the first time they'd really gone off grid of like a more obscure character. Mm. So the big thing was like they're introducing Spider-Man in this film. Yeah. But they also introduced Black Panther, but people didn't really know who that was. But I feel like after this film, Mm -hmm. everyone was like, Black Panther's awesome. Their interest was peaked. Yeah, because they nailed it. Like, I knew of the character before seeing this film. I mean, we even just like kind of mentioned... And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember when Black Panther was introduced in this film, but I kind of don't remember that well how Spider-Man was introduced. I was like, oh, yeah. It was like a secondary film. The way Spider-Man was introduced was like, he was very famous. I think I was more interested in Black Panther's character because he was more mysterious. Yeah, he was sort of an unknown entity. We've seen Spider-Man in films before. Yeah. And the new Spider-Man, I think, has done really well. Yeah, yeah. He's probably his age-appropriate Spider-Man, finally. Yeah. (laughs) But the we no one's ever seen Black Panther on screen, and the way he looks and moves yeah. is so oh my, different. So to unique, yeah. And they oh sort God. of CG over the costume to make it look very unique. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, he really sort of nailed it, and mm. he gives as the as Black Panther. I think he gets a really good response. The, the character's so good because he has a lot of presence. He's very regal, mm. but also has like a fun side to him. 
yeah. that sometimes catches other people off guard, it feels like. They expect yeah. him to be very serious, but then he'll like make a joke. But then he's also very regal. Like it's a really yeah. good, interesting character. But yeah, he developed the voice. Um so this came out he was also working on a film called uh, Message from the King. Yes. That came out around the same time. Yeah. And he was filming that when he was cast in this. Mm-hmm. So he said that he used basically the accent he developed for Message from the King. Mm-hmm. He sort of repurposed for this. Right. Because he wanted it to be a, a African accent. Mm-hmm. And in that, he plays a South African character. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that film later. But the person who plays his dad mm-hmm. in the uh, in Black Panther and in the Marvel films mm. is um, from South Africa. Right, yeah. So, he, um, so the accent is, uh, I'm trying to get, Zosha, Zosha. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but it's X-H-O-S-A. Mm-hmm. And that guy is Zosha in real life. I'm going to pronounce it Zosha, I might be wrong. <laughs> He's Zosha in real life. So he developed his accent with him. Oh, that's amazing. And so they eventually made that the accent of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And when they're speaking in their natural language, mm-hmm. they're speaking in Zosian. Oh, cool. So that is has been repurposed to be... Because the whole aesthetic of Black Panther is taking bits from all parts of Africa yeah. to create a unique thing that takes elements of all the continent. Yeah. And gives it this... And then adding sci-fi like new, into it, which is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's where the voice came from. It's the Zosha um, people cool. from, from South Africa. Interesting. Because it is a really... It's kind of an obvious... To out of to someone who isn't as knowledgeable on like specific um, African accents, it is I'd say it's an African accent. But the fact that Wakanda doesn't exist, you have to kind of create mm. like an amalgamation mm. of accents to like generate this fictional place. Yeah. So obviously, Civil War was a massive film. Introduced his character, everyone wanted to see more of it, and then they released yeah. Black Panther, like yeah. his solo film, which. Um, I loved. I thought Black Panther. I think it's one of the best. I do actually. Marvel. It was so hyped when it came out that when I first watched it, you really loved it. But yeah. I was like, yeah, it was all right. And then since then, I've watched it again. And what after watching it, again, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This yeah. is one of the best ones. I think it's incredible, sure. like the way that it's executed, um, mm. and all of the characters and the, um, you know, all of his like female guards and like co-stars and everything are just like cast impeccably and they're all fantastic actors and actresses and it's just such a believable like sometimes you watch um like superhero movies and in the back of your mind you're just like oh this is so incredible and so like kind of ridiculous it's not grounded enough and it like you have that i don't know almost like it's not believable like and Mm. it's not real and it's kind of too um, but this is like and, sci-fi and and crazy. I know, but it's. I think it's just the whole. Um, I love like the tribal mm-hmm. like aspect of it, and the whole aesthetic mel- of it is amazing. Yeah, like. and melting them together, and it's just so unique. I think because the the tribal tech um, amalgamation like together is just just like really amazingly executed. So obviously, you had to go through like a lot of training for this role. Which he yeah. was already in shape from Civil War. Uh, but when this film released, he was already two years into his cancer battle. That's incredible. Which is amazing. Um, this is an incredibly important film as well. Uh, not only was it the first black lead for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It was also um, 
the other time might still be the only film with a black lead to surpass one billion dollars at, at the box office. Wow! So um, it's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. It made back its production costs on opening weekend, so which is very rare to happen. Wow, amazing. So it was a huge, huge release. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was so, so powerful. Like, all of it was amazing. I do think... I think of the Marvel films, which there was, like, I don't know, 25 or something off by this time. Mm. I think it's my favourite solo yeah. film. Like, oh, yeah, by Like, focuses far. on one character. It's definitely, um, definitely my favourite. I just love... Um, I don't know. You know when um, when we went to Japan many mm-hmm. years ago, they ha- are they we always speak about their ability to combine old and new, mm-hmm. and like tradition and technology. And I think this film has done it for like the African aesthetic. Mm. Um, and I think that's why I love it because what it's definitely it? a balance of like Afro- old and Afrofuturism. New. Yeah. That's it. It's just a really cool and underused aesthetic. Like yeah. Afrofuturism is really cool. Yeah. And I think um just aesthetically it's incredible. And the way that Chadwick like his character like moves when mm. he's Black Panther is like so unique. And he's kind of is just embodies kind of animalistic mm. like characteristics, but is also an, an incredibly like sophisticated, intelligent like person like character. Yeah. And it was uh, critically well received as well. One Oscar-winning film. I haven't got this up against the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it won costume and yeah, the score. costumes are incredible, aren't they? Yeah, um, costume and score. I'm pretty sure because I love the the way uh, when you get to see all the costumes. Like the um, the most prominent point is when they're um, on the cliffs mm-hmm. and they're like kind and of kind around. of fighting. Yeah, and it's all like the different. There's kind of like four different main tribes, isn't it? And they all have like a really unique. Um, look and feel to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And um, and they're all sort of based around different animals because you've got like the rhino, yeah, the, like, the gorillas, mm. and obviously the panther. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the other one, but yeah, all of the all of the um, tribal characters and like tribes are amazing, and yeah. all of the female guard they're all dressed in the red. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I'd have loved to be a fly on the wall when they were coming up with like all of them concepts and yeah. like pulling from all different aspects of like African history and yeah. symbology and all that I really love this is just talking about Black Panther now instead of Chadwick but I really love the gorilla tribe as well like the the main guy who's like the main gorilla tribe guy mm. I think it's awesome I forget the actor's name but he's really good oh yeah he, they're up like in the mountains yeah right? yeah snowy snowy bit yeah because originally in the comics, they're like the rainforest tribe, but he thought, oh, let's make a mountain gorillas because it's yeah. more interesting aesthetically to have them like snowy, mountainous. Yeah. So they changed them to be mountain gorillas for the film. And mm. I think it really works. I think one of my favourite um, uh, costumes is Black Panther, Chaswick Boseman's character's um, mother, Angela, who played by Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. where she's wearing like a white... She's all in white and it's all like lace and like intricate like collar. Mm-hmm. She's got a big like head. Oh yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning to look mm-hmm. at, but it's so uh, minimalist in like color, but then like incredibly detailed and intricate and mm-hmm. um, yeah, super awesome piece of costume. So yeah, big obviously both big fans <laughs> of the Black, Black Panther film, and that's the most we'll talk about that character because then he obviously reprised the role in Infinity War and then Endgame. Mm. Which are also both huge. Endgame is the biggest film of all time. Yeah, as I'm recording but it's this. such an ensemble film yeah. that he really 
In, doesn't in get Infinity a super War, he does not show up until like the last act because yeah. the last act is on Wakanda, and they actually filmed that only two weeks after filming wrapped up on Black Panther. Oh, right. So basically, that's why all the cast are still there. You know, it's like oh, we'll just hang around for two weeks and then we'll film all that stuff. Yeah, with all the which Avengers makes sense. people, which is why it feels so seamless when everyone arrives on Wakanda in Infinity War. It feels mm-hmm. so seamless from the Black Panther movie because it was filmed two weeks later. Yeah, which makes sense because then everything is still fresh isn't it yeah exactly and then obviously in endgame he is like just basically in one scene mm. um but yeah you know like we said in all through that time it's when he's going through his 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 cancer battle but he's in some of the biggest films of all time yeah So that's the major role. Yes. What's the other film apart from those that's on his known force? 42. 42. Um, which is about a uh, African-American baseball player. Yes, Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Um, so it's a bio. Yeah. A sports movie. It's yeah. a sports bio. Ticking them boxes. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American to play in the major leagues. Major league, yeah. yeah. Baseball. So it's set in 1947. Um, and it basically just focuses on like the racism directed towards him and mm. the troubles he had to go through and um, kind of like face breaking breaking into the big leagues. Mm. And um, like Jackie Robinson's, I, obviously we don't really know anything about baseball in the UK, mm. um, but I have heard of Jackie Robinson. But it was mm. interesting learning more about him watching this film. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this film. Yeah, I did. I thought it was great. It was, um, obviously, for this role, he had to do months of baseball training. He wanted to do his own sort of... He did have a double, I think, right. for the baseball scenes, but he was training so much that in the end, like whenever the double possible. was on, they were doing like retake, retake, retake. And he was like, I can do it better, I can do it better. And then eventually he went up and did it and they're like, yeah, he can do it better. Because <laughs> he'd been practicing and watching loads of footage of Jackie Robinson and trying to get the moves yeah. the same and everything. I feel like he's such like a dedicated actor yes, and like incredibly that's definitely come across yeah and in, and he researched his characters like incredibly um incredibly well and this was a big film i remember this coming out and wanting to see it then but just only got around to watching it for this yeah um this was a really big film and this was only his second lead role oh wow and and his first lead role was a very small film so this was like a very big sort of mm-hmm. launching point for him big this hitter. Film. yeah i oh, very good um so yeah, I really liked um, Harrison Ford's character in this film as well. Yeah, he was I did. really good. He was like a—he owns the club basically, yeah. um, and he's like a really no-nonsense like manager. Yeah, which you'd have thought at the time would be quite close-minded. No, but he wasn't. He was just like, if you can play, you can play, yeah, and it doesn't the matter. Best yeah, he's quite like a religious guy. Yeah. No. No. The next white son of a bitch that opens his mouth, I'll smash his goddamn teeth in. You can't do that, Jack. I'm supposed to just let this go on. These men have to live with themselves. I have to live with myself, too. Right now, I'm living a sermon out there. 
You don't matter now, Jack. You're in this thing. You don't have a right to pull out from the backing of people that believe in you, that respect you, that need you. Is it so? If you fight, they won't say that Chapman forced you to. They'll say that you're in over your head, that you don't belong here. Do you know what it's like having somebody do this to you? No. No. You do. You're the one living the sermon in the wilderness. Forty days. All of it. Only you. There's not a goddamn thing I can do about it. Of course there is. You can get out there and hit. You can get on base and, and score. You can win this game for us. We need you. Everybody needs you. You're medicine, Jack. Yeah, I really liked. I liked the relationship between two characters. I thought they worked really well together, mm. like Harrison Ford and. He was Tedrick. just quite like matter of fact. Yeah. Which I liked. But like loyal as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like had his back without wanting everyone to see that he had his back. Yeah. So it didn't look like he was favoring like favoritism. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I basically tell him like you have to be strong enough to not react. Yes. That's harder than reacting. Yeah. Like, it's harder yeah. to not react. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really good. I really did enjoy the film. Something that's so obviously, obviously, said Jackie Robinson, very famous person in history. They retired the number forty-two is the famous thing. Um, so that was his number, number forty-two. Mm. So that's retired in baseball now. And um, there is every year there's Jackie Robinson Day. Oh, cool. Um, but Chadwick in twenty twenty he died on Jackie Robinson Day. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. So quite serendipitous, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Amazing. Interesting fact. So they're the known force. Mm. We will go back to the beginning. Yes. And talk about the rest of his films. Mm-hmm. Just do that now. Yeah. Okay, so first uh, is The Express. Yeah, this was his first, uh, first film role. So it's another sports bio. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but he isn't the lead in this. No, he kind of pops up. It was actually quite fun when we watched these early films because we, we said we watch every film that he's in no matter how small the role is. Right. So some of these early films were like, when's he going to show up? Yeah. It was almost like a game. And this is like the last 20 minutes. Oh, if yeah, it might even be that. It's like <laughs> the last 10 minutes. Um, I really love this film as well. It was really cool. It's yeah. um, It's college football. Uh, Ernie Davis. Um, uh, also another sport that we have know nothing about in the UK, yeah. American football. Um, and it was um, another um, African-American in like the sporting world and yeah, so what he, dealing with like, racism and things like that. There's a bio of Ernie Davis who was the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy is, is the oh, right, big yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was played by Rob Brown and I actually really liked him and his character in this as well. Yeah, I thought it was great casting. It was really good. Like quite an understated role. Yeah. But I liked it. So basically, um, Bozeman shows up. Also playing a real person, playing uh, a player called Floyd Little. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, well, it's all real, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why. So basically at the start of the film, he's like coming out of college and getting like, uh, I'm going to 
not quite say this right, but like recruited basically. Yeah, we again, we know nothing about <laughs> baseball or American football. And then you watch his like entire career. This is Ernie Davis, not yeah. Floyd Little, not Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and when he's getting recruited, the, the um, what is it? The team captain played by um, Dennis Quaid brings along one of his current players mm-hmm. to kind of like convince them to join his team kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he then does that at the end of his career for yes. Chadwick Boseman's character. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's a good film. It's incredibly small. It kind of like just Chadwick. the situation repeats itself at the end, but he's the famous Yeah, one. he's the tutor this time. Yeah. And recruiting like the, the, the new young star. The up and comings. Yeah. Um, and the new young star is Chadwick Boseman at the end. Yeah. But he is in one scene, but I actually really liked him in it. He's very like, sort of, he's like dancing around the scene, very enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like one scene. Yeah. Fun. Uh, after that, the only one that you didn't watch. Right. Which is? The Kill Hole. Mm. This was his first lead role. Okay. And I almost didn't watch this film because it has kind of a, like a bit of a stinky reputation. Mm. It's not got great reviews. It's a 4.4. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I did find it kind of dull. Right. I think when it came out, it was very misunderstood because people thought, oh, it's a war movie. Because he plays a, an, um, a war vet. Basically. It's um, in the Iraq war, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, an Iraq war vet. But it's really not a war movie. It's more about what that... It's like a meditation on what killing does to a person. Right, the repercussions. And him dealing with it, like PTSD stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he did terrible things, like basically committed war crimes during that war and coming mm-hmm. to terms of it. And like, is that was that the right thing to do in that moment? And right. It's... It's kind of it's a little bit pretentious and isn't doesn't really have the clout to back up mm-hmm. the messages it's trying to do. Yeah. He basically it's one of those stories Just where he has to go and, he has to go and hunt. He's a bit of a mercenary where he has to go and hunt down someone who he used to fight alongside right. after. So it's a cool concept, but it just doesn't quite pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. It's really slow. Um, the, what is quite cool about it? There are many scenes where it goes back to like a support group mm-hmm. for war vets. And every all the other people apart from him are real war vets. So it's like a real support oh, group. So those cool. scenes are really good because it's real Genuine. vets to right. having a real support group. And you can really feel like a kinship between them when they're like sort mm. of telling their stories. And then, you know, it'd be deep and then they'll make some, they'll make a cracker joke and they'll all be laughing and they can relate to what each other is saying. Mm. So it was really interesting to do those scenes with the real people and have him in there mm-hmm. amongst them. It yeah. made it feel more genuine. Yeah. And, you know, randomly have like Billy Zane playing the uh, support lead, the support group leader, which is just a bizarre bit of casting. But it was, yeah, it was good. Those scenes were good, but it was, it didn't, the film didn't quite pull off what it was trying to do. It was a bit too slow. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the kill hole. Okay. Um, and after that, it was his first actual lead in 42. Yeah. Which we spoke about. Um, and then after that, it's another sports movie. Draft day, 2014. Uh, this time, NFL. Yeah. Something else we don't know anything about. This is football, right? NFL is American football. Same thing. So that shows how little we don't know. (laughs) The fact that we actually say that we're questioning tone. We don't know about American sports. Um, Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is football. I mean, come on, American listeners. Tell me how much you know about rounders. (laughs) 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 Tell me how much you know about cricket. (laughs) Um, Not a lot. Um, But draft day, this is very similar to The Express in the way that he's not the main character. He has a very small role. Probably more of a role because he does crop up all the way through, but just in small scenes. Yeah. I liked the concept of this film. 
Mm. despite not knowing anything about what was happening. I don't even know what a draft day is. I don't know what a draft is. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. But it's it like was, when they get recruited, isn't y- it? Yeah, but I don't understand. It's like a big event. I don't know. But anyway, right. it's Kevin Costner is um, plays a character called Sonny Weaver, and he's like the head of a team. Yeah. Again, we're butchering this. But the concept of the film is it takes place over one day, his draft day. So yeah. you're following his like ridiculous pressure and stress it's all about like throughout that day quick decisions and like making deals and like trading players and stuff to kind of like get money ball i think um essentially as like a team depending on how well you've done you get a certain amount of points to spend on new players right well, you can you, you get first pick right yeah and then you know the good if you don't get first pick then the player you want might have gone so and it's playing mind pick, games with pick. other coaches but like you don't want to you don't want to pick him and then like so trading. So then you can pick him. Because he picked somebody and, else and then traded him off. Yeah, stuff. it's all sorts of trades. It's, it's, it really did remind me of Moneyball a bit with Brad Pitt. Right. Um, like those telephone deal dealings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a lot about like, yeah, this Kevin Costner's character's life dramas as well as making these decisions and people thinking he's making the wrong decisions and stuff mm, like that. And kind of like um, lots of like bluffing and... Um, sidestepping bullshitting other people and but stuff. you also cut to these sort of potential young star players yeah there's like three or four of them that you cut between yeah and then you see them taking phone calls from kevin costner and the other coaches and leader team captains yeah. or whatever and um he chadwick boseman plays a player called uh vontae mac mm-hmm. and he's not like the top pick mm-hmm. but he's like got a lot of like spark to him yeah but he's not the top pick by any means yeah and so an you're underdog. seeing him make the make a phone call say do you want to come play for us maybe we'll pick you later on and sort of mm-hmm. ending up him being like a real prime pick in amongst them mm. but you're watching it's like a hidden gem yeah that ball you want to take that there's a mistake callahan callahan's a poser yeah and what do you know that every scout and coach on earth does not I know we got sacked 12 times last year. No, it was 11. It was 11 times. Yeah, well, four were mine in one game. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I saw your highlight reel. I also remember that he beat you. Watch it again. Don't watch me. Watch him. Watch me sack him four times in one game. Then watch what happens after. When he actually does get picked, eventually... I actually, so the thing is, I actually thought, despite having a small amount of screen time, I really thought Chadwick was great in this. Because yeah. every time he had a scene, his character felt very believable. Yeah. yeah. Like he's a little bit showy. He's got like the sparkly phone and the jewelry and stuff like yeah, that. He's like yeah. a young, showy player, but he had like a lot of heart. Mm. And like when he actually got picked, like he really was quite an emotional scene. I thought, mm. like he his reaction was so felt so real. Yeah, I thought he was great for having such a small role. He really kind of, even though I don't know anything about the sport, embodied that character and made yeah. me like really like feel it. And when he got like picked for whatever, I had no idea what was going on, but I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he got yeah. the thing that made him happy, whatever yeah. that was. <laughs> yeah, this is a film that really wants you to know. A bit, a bit about NFL. And what is it? NFL. <laughs> yeah. It wants you to know about that to really understand what's going on, but we just watched it anyway, and it wasn't bad. Yeah. I feel Kevin like- Costner's like, Del Boy. 
<laughs> no American knows who Del Boy exactly. is. Exactly. There we go. That's confusing for you, just as this film was for He's us. He's a wheeler dealer. Exactly. Um, so let's move on to another bio. Uh, get on up. Get on up. Uh, James Brown. Yeah, he's a sex machine. Um, <laughs> fact. Oh, my God. I feel like Chadwick's, like, fairly unrecognisable in this one. He's playing James Brown. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's really good. Basically. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I did. Hmm. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know very much about James Brown, but he's quite, um, like, a difficult personality. Yeah. Like, the film came the across. <laughs> um <laughs> He's quite... A crazy guy. Yeah. Really nuts. Yeah. Uh, and quite a challenge to portray. Hmm. Fellas. Y'all can't act like y'all don't know what time it is. Better get them hards out of them sticks ready. Before I start raining out fines. I've been elected spokesman on behalf of the band. Spokesman? Elected? We asked to be paid on time. We haven't been paid in weeks. We ask to have scheduled days off. Every day off we get, you make us rehearse. We ask to get paid for recordings, but you just include it in our salary. Teddy, go on, wait outside. Yes, sir. Fellas, I hear you. I really do. And I appreciate your honesty. Can't be easy, no, sir. You got your grievances, yeah. You got your cells to think about. Hell, you're men. I dig it. I don't think you uh, understand, Mr. Brown, sir. We know you owe the government back taxes. Your restaurant, radio stations, your recording studios, labels, all different businesses, all kind of cash passing between them, unaccounted for. It's a mess, Mr. Brown. If you want us to be a part of it, we're going to need our cash, too, right now. Most of all, none of us wants to be fined for anything ever again. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to think about it. That's all. You son of a bitch! Son, what you say to me? Fuck you. You better get on out of here right now. You ain't going to make me come out myself. You better get on out of here right now. Go, get the hell out. I did like this film, but I didn't love this film. I didn't like, love the character. I don't love James Brown's character. No. Like how he was portrayed. I thought he was a bit of a... It was a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. He didn't pull any punches, though. Like, he was like, no, this is what he was like. Yeah. And his friend... And I res- I like films that like, are like that. I mean, it's really like, you know, just... Doesn't just, like, paint them to be the perfect yeah. performer that you want it to be. Yeah, because his... Um, Nelson Ellis plays Bobby Bird, who's mm. like the one friend that like sticks by him. Yeah. And you kind of almost see James Brown through his eyes more than anything. Yeah. Because he's the one who's got to put up with his bullshit, basically. Mm. But um, then you see a lot about like where he came from and stuff, and mm. it was rough. Like yeah. extreme poverty and Yeah, and his mum played by um Viola Davis. Yeah. First first collaboration with her. But she wasn't really interested in No, not having... not a great mother, let's say. <laughs> So, yeah, it was really raw, I thought. Like, the whole yeah. film was quite, um, like, fascinating and difficult to watch. And obviously the major thing is James Brown is um, a very energetic performer. Yeah. Let's say the, to say the least. He's, mm. uh, yeah, he is unique. 
So to try and replicate those moves, obviously very difficult. But Chadwick did do all of his own dancing in this film. Do all that James yeah. Brown, all those James Brown moves. So he spent two months training in singing and dancing for this role. Amazing. And, He's uh, so dedicated. He does do all those moves. He's so invested. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. But I, I think, think it's because James Brown is not likable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't Chadwick's performance because I think that's why I didn't like it because it was so believable. Mm. Like, if if we were supposed to like James Brown, we would have. Yeah. Um, other unfortunate thing. So his co-star, Nelson Ellis, who had to play Bobby Bird. Hmm. I, I thought he was really good in this. Yeah. But um, he also unfortunately died after this yeah. film. 2017, um, he passed. And I was... Well, he had uh, substance abuse problems, so he actually kicked it. Yeah. But from alcohol withdrawal syndrome, ended up having heart failure. So that's really oh, terrible so to go through all that and then overcome it and then that be the thing that finishes you off. Yeah. It's such a shame because I thought he was so good in this. He yeah. was like the heart because James Brown was not likable. Mm. But he was. He kind of like, anytime anything got kind of like, um, rubbed up the wrong way he was there to like kind of he was the it only over. person that stuck with James Brown even yeah. when James Brown was at his most monstrous yeah but yeah yeah good film not my favourite but uh, in, a very like interesting character yeah and interesting amazing performance. performance yeah yeah all the scenes where he's on stage basically dancing and singing are great yeah Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you ready for the night train? Are you ready for the night train?
<laughs> so uh, next is gods of egypt yeah hmm. this is um i've just written woof underneath this <laughs> <laughs> this is not a great film by any means this was almost this was like a fascinating failure it's like what's the equivalent film that's actually all right uh, Avengers. Huh? <laughs> Avengers. That's what this felt like to me. It felt like a superhero movie, but they used all the all the Egyptian gods instead. Yeah, but they've done other. There's other like films about gods and stuff, and like um, like Clash of the Titans, that sort of stuff. Yeah, or like the Romans and stuff like that. Hmm. This one, I just it's just felt really it felt. It short feels like they n- these this sort of idea never gets pulled off properly. Mm. It no, it never... Oh, it's a bit like what's the one where Brad Pitt was in Troy? Yeah. Like, it's kind of got that... I think they're kind trying to get of. that vibe, but they yeah, really didn't, it didn't pull it Troy. off. No, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's very flashy. There's something about it which I actually kind of love the audacity of it. Yeah. It felt like um, a little bit like the Thor movies. The um, Like where they get gods and make it very sci-fi yeah. and have very flashy effects. Yeah, yeah the effects mess. must have been mental. This must have cost a fortune. I think it lost a lot of money. Yeah. It's an absolute mess. Um, it must have bombed. And I'll say this: I don't think Chadwick's very good in it. I think this is his weakest performance. Yeah, he's like I don't know this what accent weird... he's trying to do. He, <laughs> who's he supposed to play? He's what uh, God? Thoth. Huh? Thoth or Thoth, depending oh, on where yeah. you're from. The I think the actual pronunciation is supposed to be Thoth, but everyone says Thoth. Um, who's the god of writing, magic, wisdom, and the moon? I looked that up. So he's quite. Um, he's the birdhead man. Oh uh, yeah. He can he like double he like lives in a library and like multiplies his body to read all the information yeah. and speaks in a very like Quis- I I don't know I don't know what accent is supposed to be. Um, He's normally not bad at accents, but I don't know what this is trying to do. Rich with generous compost, colourful, mainly in the green and red spectrums, variegated varieties with inflorescences composed of multiple florets. Each with a modified calyx. Wise lord of the sacred word, we seek your counsel. Once a weed, uprooted and burned, now prized for the vigor of its oils and the sustenance of its leaves. But what is its truth? You, turn around. You prefer the view from behind? No, I... Well, yes. You know I can't lie. Turn! I'm not going to risk looking at those tricky eyes of yours. 47. Excuse me? The percentage of knowledge I have so far recorded, I'm not even half done. Toth, I only need... The answer to the riddle of the Sphinx. A child His personality could is basically like a piece of cardboard as well. And come back and yeah. to me. It's, the concept of this could have been good, but I don't know how. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's I wonder a seed how he got roped good. into it. Like, Chadwick's character isn't like a big part of it, to be honest. No, he's quite... Small. You don't. Piece. He doesn't show up till quite late on. You see him near the beginning, but then as a role in the film, it isn't until quite late on. So uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, uh, it's not good. A bit of miss. Next, uh, we next was um, Captain America: Civil War. But let's talk about uh, Message from the King. So I actually think Message from the King was made first, but released after right, because okay. he said on the interviews for I said it earlier for interviews for Civil War where he's playing Black Panther, mm-hmm. he developed an accent for a film he's currently filming, and he's yeah. going to use that for the Black Panther. Yeah. So, Message from the King must have been filmed first. Yeah. Because I think it had uh, distribution issues, so it was delayed in distribution and finally picked up by Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, released after on Netflix. So, I um, I really like this film. It was quite brutal. Yeah. 
it was way more like br- brutal and gritty than I was expecting. Yeah, I I liked it, and then at the end, I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, like it's a slow burn. Mm. It starts slow. It starts more like a detective movie or something. Mm. And then it gets like very brutal and gritty. The middle chapter almost feels like a John Wick style, style film. Yeah. Uh, like lots of combat and mm-hmm. using what's around you. Use a chain most of the time. You normally use a chain scenes. as a weapon, which is kind of rough. Yeah. And then the ending I thought was good. Yeah. Like it really, yeah, a lot of people say, lot, so this isn't a beloved film. A lot of people say it's too slow, it's too messy. It is a slow burn, it. but I felt like, yeah, the, not, it, not, it wasn't really a reveal. It was just like uh, some information. And it's not a un- huge budget movie. Some of the complaints that people have like, oh, it feels like a TV movie. Well, it kind of is. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. It doesn't have, doesn't have to have a big budget to be a good mm. film. I actually did enjoy this film. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Um, and like we said, this is where he developed the accent. His character is South African in this. Yeah. So basically, he plays a character called Jacob King, who is searching for his missing sister in LA. So he flies over to LA from South Africa and is on the trail mm-hmm. of his sister that's gone missing and gets embroiled in all sorts of, you know, LA shenanigans. That's a light way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, the rough side of LA. LA shenanigans. It's the rough uh, side of LA like in, both, in both terms of the rough side of LA because you've got yeah. like the sort of. Um, sort of the poorer areas of LA, which he's like living in, and there's drugs and stuff. Yeah. And then you've got the real rich side of LA with scumbag filmmakers and stuff. So it's yeah both bad sides of LA yeah. that he's dealing with and traveling through. Excuse me. I'm looking for Zico. There's nobody here called Zico. Mm-hmm. What's this about, my friend? I'm looking for my sister, Bianca. Bianca Zagosin. Zico knows her. He might be able to help me find her. There's nobody here called Zico. We can't help you. He's so like street smart because I think he's from South Africa. Yeah, he grew up in quite like a, a like a impoverished part of. South Africa. Yeah. Well, looked when you see the flashbacks. And so stuff. nothing really phases him. No. Really, he's very like calm. Yeah, the whole time, and he's kind of like ex- he's just like executing um, <laughs> his plan, kind of thing to like find and her people. And, and people. <laughs> um, but he's kind of like he's try- he's like pulling things together, figuring it out, and he's fairly like deductive. Yeah, and it's with not- it all, and quite matter of fact, and like it's not really calm a and calculated. Film. No. Just because just because a plot line resolves, different plot lines resolve, they don't always resolve in ways that are good. <laughs> no. There's multiple plot lines that they just end in a way that felt more realistic, mm. but are a downer. Yeah. It's not the cheeriest of films. But I liked the ending, mm-hmm. which obviously... Oh, the very ending. Yeah, right, can't okay. reveal. Yeah. It was really cool. Mm. It was kind of like, ah, oh, awesome. It made a lot of things make more sense. Yeah. In hindsight, yeah. But I liked that wasn't revealed until the end. Mm. Like, that was a cool part of the film. Mm. Yeah, a, a very underrated film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Marshall. Is that another bio? <laughs> so he's playing Thurgood Marshall, um, another famous historical figure that I've heard of and know roughly but didn't know enough about. So this was like a real educational mm-hmm. experience for me. Um, he a very famous lawyer. Mm-hmm. He was the first African-American Supreme Court justice. And mm-hmm. basically this film um, covers one of his, it focuses on just one of the cases rather than be like a lifetime bio. It's like it zooms in 
to be about one of his most famous his most sort poignant. Of defining yeah. cases. Yeah. Uh, so it's a legal drama. How could a man have a fair trial when he's denied counsel of his choice? When the members of his race are eliminated from service on his jury, when fear and bias against his race are the central points of the case against him. In Europe right now, the forces of tyranny have mobilized behind the vision of a so-called master race. And here in America, our differences aren't supposed to matter. Here, we're promised equal protection under the law. Nothing complicated about that. That promise has not been realized, not even close. Not in Birmingham, Alabama, nor in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and certainly not here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So we're on to his fourth biography now. <laughs> yeah, but I really love how he advocates for like the black community in mm-hmm. like throughout history, like and really. Oh, the character. Yeah. Yeah. So well, no, we... also Chadwick Boseman, like doing all of these like bios and stuff mm. like that. Of oh, they're all very like prominent African American people. Yeah, he's yeah. done sports, music, yeah, legal system. Yeah, I love that figures. Yeah, bringing them to the fore. There was also um, a performance of. Thurgood, actually that version's called Thurgood, this one's called Marshall, right. but by um, Lawrence Fishburne also played this character. Oh, cool. But, and we, I couldn't find anywhere to watch it, mm-hmm. because basically when Lawrence Fishburne did it, it was a stage performance. Right. Uh, it was basically a monologue, like a, a feature-length mm-hmm. monologue yeah. as this character. And apparently it's amazing, and a lot of people say it's one of Lawrence Fishburne's greatest performances. But there, I couldn't find anywhere to watch it. No, oh, that's a damn. Um, when we did Lawrence Fishburne, so we didn't get to see that. So now we got to see someone else portraying the, the same character mm-hmm. in a film. Because um, who? Oh, Kate Hudson's in it. Mm-hmm. She's like the main. She's kind of like the main woman on the stand. Kind of. Yeah, who's she's kind of unraveling this series of events. So she's the. I always get American the legal why? system confused. But she's the. Defend, pros, she's the one Plaintiff that he defendant? is defending against. Yeah, his client is there. He, is her like uh, attacker, handyman at the yeah, house? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's the handyman at the house, and so basically, uh, Chadwick as Thurgood Marshall is defending a black man, yeah, a young black man who's been accused of rape and attempted murder. Yeah, and she, Kazan, is the accuser. That's the word I'm looking. That's what I was looking for before. Yeah. She's the accuser, and he's defending this man he believes mm. is innocent. But I guess um, when it was set... At that time, it would definitely be like, oh, he's obviously guilty. He's yeah, a guy. it's like he... And Well, you say at that time, you know, not much has changed. Yeah, actually. okay. So. <laughs> um, he would have just been kind of like carted off because... Yeah. What she says goes, basically. Yeah. Which is, and she's and she's uh, a wealthy woman yeah. as well. Of like good standing in the community yeah, yeah. and her husband is some important douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's interesting. It's like everything is stacked against this guy. Yeah. But... And I think that's why it's so... Like was one of his most like poignant um, cases. Yes. Because he unraveled... It felt impossible. This, yeah, complicated situation. Hmm. Um where everybody was basically not really given him it's all the information. It's almost like impossible to take this case on. Yeah. It really reminded me of um, the film that came out, I don't know if it was this year or last year, I think it was last year, um, Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan. Mm. And he's defending Jamie Foxx in that. Yeah. Very, very like similar sort of film. Yeah. Which that, that film was great. 
circumstance. That that might be one of my favourites from last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Just Mercy. That was a really good film. But that's not this film. <laughs> this is a good film as well. Um, I prefer Just Mercy, but this is also a good film. Yeah, I like this. I liked yeah. it a lot. I think this is one of his most sort of like well-known films as well. Yeah. I thought I was expecting this to be on his known falls. Yeah. Because it's one I always see sort of touted about. I think it's quite, it's like a really important role as well. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was awesome. So, moving along, we've got three more films. Um, then we have the spate of uh, Black Panther, Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. And after that, let's talk about 21 Bridges. How are you going to do this? There are 21 bridges in and out of Manhattan. Shut them down. Three rivers, close them. Four tunnels, block them. Stop every train that leaves the island. Amtrak Path, New Jersey Transit, LIRR, Metro North, and loop the subways. Then, we flood the island with blow. So this is the same directors as the guys that did both Avengers movies. It's in Infinity War, Endgame. Okay, yeah. And also Captain America Civil War. They mm-hmm. just didn't do Black Panther, but they did the other three that he's in. Yeah. Uh, so the Russo brothers. And um, they actually gave him the script to this mm-hmm. at the premiere for Infinity War. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, the night of the Infinity War premiere, they gave it to him. And he took it and it was just like, I'll read it, but tell me one thing. Mm. Is my character dead? Because even the cast didn't know what the ending of Infinity War meant for their characters. Oh, yeah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) This was a good concept. Yeah. But it was absolutely wasted. Yeah. So basically, um, Bozeman's on the hunt for these um, two guys who kind of shoot shoot down quite a few cops. Yeah, it's like a shootout and they gun down a lot Um, of cops. And he's an NYPD detective and he says... Basically, the, where the title comes from, 21 Bridges, is close all of New York. Kind yeah, of Manhattan island, yeah. Island. Uh, close the 21 Bridges surrounding it and like... Lock them in. Lock them in we and we'll do like a big manhunt, basically. They get on the scene so that there's no time they would they would still be on the island. Yeah. So they're like, it's the like middle of the night. Yeah. Just until like 5 a.m. or whatever, or I don't know whatever time it is, close the bridges yeah. and we can get these guys because yeah. they take down a lot of police officers yeah um and, the and they're kind of hot on the trail and the big thing for him is when he was a kid his dad was a cop mm. and his dad was killed yeah um in the line of duty so now he has a real vendetta against cop killers so mm-hmm. he's known as the guy who kills cop killers basically yeah yeah, yeah. and he's quite like a brutal mm. aggressive guy who doesn't think twice about killing someone if they've if they're a cop killer yeah um, and so there's a lot of concepts going on in this film. You've got this cop killer hunting cop. Mm. You've got with a tragic past and you've got the like, bridges being shut down and all these concepts, but none of them go anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, all and wasted. also um, his co-star, Sienna Miller, is kind of... Um, what's her character? She's like a... She's not a cop, but she's like a some sort of detective or something. Yeah, I can't remember. We watched this a while ago. This the, I didn't. I wanted to like this, but there's kind of cross wires, isn't there? It's like it's like about dirty dirty police and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, these films always come down to the dirty police. It just feels like it sets up a lot of concepts and yeah. doesn't pay any of them off. 
Like the bridges thing barely comes into the plot. The film is named but after then, it yeah, and it barely but, comes into the and plot. And also like it's a massive thing because that, that's that had never been done before. Like it's a whole like, oh my god, we're shot in Manhattan kind it of thing. It just feel like, like it barely factors into the plot. Yeah, you don't even it's really like see the first any 20 minutes it's like yeah, a show thing. me a bridge. <laughs> it's like a thing. Yeah, and then it's just not mentioned again. Yeah. And the cop killer thing, you think it's going to... I kept thinking it was going to come back, like, oh, he's going to wrestle with that morality thing, but it doesn't really come back to him. A lot of threads are just left. It feels like it needed more time in the oven. Yeah. They needed more time to work this script because there's a lot of good concepts that are just not utilised. It's only like an hour and 40 as well. I felt like it got chopped to bits. Yeah, yeah. It needed more time in the oven. It got edited to pieces or it wasn't needed to rewrite there's something missing Mm. Um, it's like almost there as well you mentioned Sienna Miller yeah Uh, his uh, classic story of Chadwick Boseman being a great guy oh yeah he um, so she had demanded because she's the co-lead basically yeah um, she had said well you know equal pay yeah and um, the studio wouldn't um, match the pay what the hell so Chadwick actually donated part of his pay to her so that they would have the same pay. So he took a cut to bolster hers up. Fair play to him, but also depressing that that still happens yeah. in this day and age. He didn't have to do that, no. but he, which is great on him, but he shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, like I said, concepts It's almost there. Off. It's almost there. They just The things that are set up don't factor in enough to the overall plot. It turns into a very generic, like hunting people down cop movie mm. and rather than playing into the things that it sets up that are the unique ideas yeah. anyway next the five bloods death five bloods yeah it's a spike lee joint so this is about this is about some vietnam vets yeah it's like a treasure hunt <laughs> it's really weird um he plays storm in norman mm. who you only see in flashbacks yes because his character he was killed like passes killed in action. away yeah, yeah. So you only see him in flashbacks, which was really weird because we watched this the day of his death and the whole film was about he died, a hero. So it was really weird the day we watched this. Um, But he was basically this Vietnam, the the, the squad leader. Yeah, it was a group group of guys. They come across some, it was like treasure, wasn't it, basically? Like gold. Gold. Yeah, gold. They bury it out in Vietnam Mm. and kind of make a pact between them all. To go and get, go it, and get it, yeah. And that they'll also retrieve Norman's body yeah. and give him a proper burial. Yeah. We bury it for now. Yes, we say the VC got it. They don't, we come back and collect. You mean rip it off? We ain't ripping off shit. Who feel like they're ripping something off? We was the very first people that die for this red, white, and blue. Yeah, that's right. It was a soul brother, Christmas Addicts at the motherfucking Boston Massacre. We've been dying for this country from the very get, hoping one day they'd give us our rightful place. All they give us was a foot up our black asses, but fuck that. I say the USA owe us. We built this bitch. So what you saying, blood? I'm saying we repossess this gold. Like they about to come repossess your cash your convertible now. <laughs> we repossess this boy for every single black boot that never made it home. Every brother and sister stolen from Mother Africa to Jamestown, Virginia, way back in 1619. 
We give this gold to our people. You feel that? You feel it? Now let's bury our gold. Reparations. Bloods. Um, so basically, it's a bunch of old guys, uh, all still black trying to, squad. Yeah, still trying to keep it secret, and then it kind of like slipping slowly because um, one of them's like son. Oh, kind he of, like, comes forces along with himself. Them. He's like, yeah. I know what you're doing, like, and kind of blackmails his way onto the trip. I like the cast, and I like the idea, and I like the camaraderie between these like bunch of old yeah. black Vietnam vets going back there. And it, I felt like it started really strong. Yeah. And then it just sort of lost its way. It yeah. went way off track. Like by the end, I was like, what is even happening? This has gone just way nuts. And it's like a bit, it's hard. Like I feel like they didn't quite decide on the tone. Mm. It's like a bit of a comedy, a bit of an action, a bit of like a, almost like not. It's a drama as well. Yeah, you have like, the dramatic like a, stuff between the yeah. son and his father and stuff. And there's uh, Jonathan Majors in who I, I, I love Jonathan Majors. I think he's mm. great. Um, so there's like good cast members, but I just, uh, I don't know what happened. I love the concept and I love the start, but I just felt like the direction it went in was yeah. wacky. And they're it all just, bizarre. I don't know, old, um, stubborn men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it's good and it's annoying at the same time because yeah. it's like, oh, the characters are like all really unique and interesting. But then... When it kind of like starts unraveling, you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, guys. It was actually a reworking of a, an old script that had been rattling around for quite a few years. Oh, cool. Um, the original script was called The Last Tour. Right. And it was basically the same concept, bunch of Vietnam vets go back. Mm. And then, you know, kept getting pushed back and reworked and stuff. And eventually Spike Lee took it mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to take this concept. This is a bunch, this is like an all black squad now. Mm. And um, it just changed it around enough and made it into a Spike Lee version of that original script that kept getting passed around. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and this was a Netflix film. So this was like kind of a very big deal. Mm. Big get, like big stars and, um, you know, big name director for mm-hmm. Netflix to get. Um, there is talk of Chadwick potentially. So this is kind of going to date this podcast because the Oscar nomination announcements for 2021 mm-hmm. will be announced in like the second week of January, two mm-hmm. weeks after this comes out. So right. I'm going to be speculating on things that by the time you hear this, you might know the answers to. But there is speculation that he might be up for Best Supporting Actor for this film. Mm. I and really did like his character in this one. Yeah, because he's so he's so heroic in it because you only see him in flashbacks and mm. you're seeing him the way they remember him as being this heroic, amazing leader yeah. who's like real no-nonsense yeah. Just like a great leader, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like the idea. I like the way it started. It just didn't just quite have that. It it's, again, it's just like something, something a little bit missing. Little but it was, missing. it was good. Right, so let's talk about his last film. Right. Oh, and by the way, um, so the last few films we talked about, 21 Bridges was his last um, theatrical, theatrically released film mm-hmm. of his lifetime. Um, the Five Bloods was... Released the final his, film his... released before his death, yeah. And then the next film is that his actual final film was released after his death. Mm. This film just came out at the time of recording. Uh, so it's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She's going to show you her Black Bottom. Daddy, daddy, please come home to me. Crazy as I can be. 
Chicago, 1927. Yeah. Um, Ma Rainey is a, um, like a really famous blues singer. Mm. Um, she was famous at the time, really, mm. um, in probably in small circles in like the black community. Mm. Um, she was quite a big name and she had quite a lot of like gravitas um, within, yeah, the music industry. Very no-nonsense Bullshit. woman. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she wants. But fair play to her. Yeah. She's worked hard to earn it and she doesn't take any shit. Yeah. This film was one that I I liked the film yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I loved the performances of the two leads. Yeah. I thought the two lead performances were amazing and the film was good. Mm. So Chadwick and uh, Viola Davis. Yes. Yeah. They were amazing. Um, so it's basically set on like one day. Yeah, it's adapted from um, a stage play yeah. by, uh, what's the writer's name? August Wilson. Mm. Uh, so the same guy who wrote the stage play for Fences we talked about on the uh, Denzel Washington episode, mm-hmm. which also had Viola Davis in. So Chadwick plays... So it feels like that, though. It feels like that where it's one set. It's yeah. just a recording studio. Yeah, one day yeah. of a studio. So he plays um, the how like her band, like the trump, one of the trumpeters. He's the trump- trumpet player. Yeah, and... Um, they yeah they arrive and are sort of like practicing um in the basement kind of thing and waiting on uh Marani Valadez's character to mm. arrive so they can start recording which she is a little bit reluctant to do because she knows that it's kind of giving away some of her kind of power as it were because then she won't have to do it in person and it's an important thing to do for like posterity it's that thing it's kind of what we talked about on the um, the white man's Pam, just Pam Greer episode. make money out of her. The the like black music was suddenly getting popular and making money, so it was great that Exploited they were getting it. exposed. But then the only people who had the recording studios were right white people, so mm. they were just sort of like using the black people's music, yeah, to make money for themselves, yeah. So it's sort of like a double-edged thing, just like the black exploitation film movement, where it's like, great, like black people are getting roles or music at that time and, mm. and getting out there, but at the cost of being exploited by more white people. Yeah. So what's the better option? Like it's, it's kind all of all have to go through this the kind of process created the only, by the you know white music owners and everything. But the only thing with this character is she knows that's the score. Yeah. So she's going to squeeze what she can out of them and Before. not. Not, not take it easily. Yeah. Make them work for it. Yeah. Um, Which is great. Her character's phenomenal. Yeah, really good. And she's brilliant in it. Yeah. As is Chadwick, really. I think they're both... I I think this is his best performance. Yeah. And this, talking of Oscar Nom, like a lot of people are saying this is like almost a shoo-in for like lead actor and Oscar Nom. Yeah. For next year. What is you? I don't see your name in lights. Oh, I just play the piece, whatever they want. I don't criticize other people's music. I ain't like you, color. I got talent. Oh, Me and this horn, we tight. If my daddy had a note I was going to turn out like this, he would have named me Gabriel. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give me a band and make me some records. I done give Mr. Stutterman some of my songs I wrote, and he said he's going to let me record them when I get my band together. I just got to finish the last part of this song. I got style. Oh, everybody got style. Style ain't nothing, but keeping the same idea from beginning to end. Everybody got it. Everybody can't play like I do. He's great. It's, it's so powerful. A, yeah, very powerful I don't want to talk too much character. about the storyline because it, 
you just have it's something you just have to like watch. Just he's, watch it. It's more of an experience. He's a very talented young musician. He kind of who knows has it. a lot of anger. Yeah. He's cocky, but he's angry, so he can't always. But it's emotional, and he doesn't know how to kind of like. He needs um, he needs a, a counselor or something. Is what his oh, character yeah, needs. Oh yeah, but 1927. No, exactly. So he's dealing with tragedy. Musically. A, musically and with cockiness, but he can't always do that. Like event that that anger behind it all bubbles over yeah. again and again. He he's can't fighting against it. In it. the correct um ways because he's still oppressed, even though he comes across as like free and easy and in control, there is still there's still oppression and there's still um he still can't have and do what he wants and he can't be um appreciated mm. for how talented he is and he's getting used as well like they're, they're trying to get him to write songs because they want his sound but they don't want his sound they just want him to write they don't songs. want him they just no. want yeah yeah um but yeah he it's like you said ma rainey herself as a person was famous at the time mm. and famous now so that the weird thing about this is it's it is based on all real people mm. but it's not a bio yeah it's a fictional story based on real people yeah yeah, but yeah, again, like during so during filming, um, obviously, like, this is right near the end of of Chadwick's lifetime, mm. and he was un- undergoing like kind of quite intense treatment, yeah, all the way through filming this. But the rest of the cast, again, no one knew, yeah. So he's filming this, and going his performance treatment. is like it's powerful, yeah, it really. And is. I felt like the scenes where he's talking about death was so intense Poignant. because he knows he's facing it. Like in real life, yeah. he knows he's facing it and it felt like he was channeling that. Yeah. I felt like if I was on set with him mm. and when he was doing those scenes, if I didn't know, which none of them did, I'd be like, whoa. Like I would be... How, yeah, what's what going on here kind of thing. Yeah, like this, this performance, yeah. it's so... Well, like From you said, the heart, it feels like. It feels like he's really throwing some of his own anger that he would have had into it. Yeah. Well, like you said at the start, he just wanted to kind of give it his all. Yeah. And like not have yeah, anything left like in the tank. Yeah, this feels like he knew it was the last film he was going to make and he's throwing everything into it. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah. And his character isn't even... You feel for him and it's definitely a tragic character, but he's not particularly likable. He's not 100% sympathetic. Mm. You like his talent and you like his swagger, but then when you start sort of scratch underneath that swagger, you're like, oh, he's he he would be a he needs he needs help basically. Yeah. He needs help. Yeah, yeah. But it's all almost like um, I don't know. In modern times, most talented people do get the help they need because I think um, everybody's got problems, but I think if you channel that into music, mm. it kind of exacerbates. Mm. Um, and I think talented people in that era, they live very short lives because of the just the pressure of it all. Yeah, so he's not only got his own tragic past, he's also got like, you know, the race relation stuff. This is yeah. about the people from the South going North because there was more opportunities for them. Mm. But then there wasn't when they got there and dealing with that. Mm. Like there's, it's about a lot. It's a lot. It's a very simple story. Take, mm-hmm. Like we say, it takes one day in a recording studio. Mm. But underneath the, it's underneath the simple story. It has a lot to say. Yeah, 
Which is it, what I think yeah, Orvis like not, Wilson as a writer is known for. Yeah, not a lot happens like story-wise, but a lot yeah. happens um, if you read between the lines. Yeah, which is what we said about Fences. Yeah. It's about a lot, but it's a relatively small scope, mm. but it's a huge scope if you take, if you just pay attention to everything that they're talking mm. about and what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so good. I love uh, Viola Davis' character as well in this. Uh, Viola Davis is she's a, brilliant. just a brilliant, brilliant actress. Yeah, she's great. Um, the costumes were incredible. Mm. Really, really awesome. For something that's such small scale in terms of like it happens in one place over mm. one day, like it's really intricately done mm. and like so accurate and believable. And yeah, an absolutely incredible film. So definitely um, up there. Yeah. On our, you must watch this list. So there's, so you did sort of three films relatively close together that were for Netflix: for, uh, Message for the King, Five Bloods, and Marina, all Netflix films. Mm. Uh, but there we go. That's um, well, I think we've run through all of his back catalogue now. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is um, take a little break, come back in a minute, and talk about which ones are our four favourites, and sort of talk about what we think of the four that should be his. Known for four on IMDb. This is what he should be known yeah. for as a span of his career. Mm-hmm. So, see you in a minute. Yep. Right. Uh, so, this is the part where we chat about our top four. You know what? This was almost hard because there wasn't as much to choose from. Yeah. So, I'm like, I wish there was more to choose from. Like, we said, like, I wish, I wish he had had a chance to have more of a career. Mm. Because oh, yeah. there's such like Depth. hints of such like greatness yeah i'm like i want to see more of this i want to see more of that type of character i, I want to see more of that and i'm looking i'm like oh man this is it this is all there is to choose from i feel like he did quite a lot he was quite interested in doing like biographies and really embodying like characters and getting into the kind of like psyche and yeah um portraying their quirks and personality even if it was not pretty to look at mm. um, and like you said he really like important characters yeah yeah. Yeah, important characters in like black history mm-hmm. to kind of showcase, you know, not forgotten not that they were particularly forgotten, but just like shine a light and, and a bit more and like make a bit more of a big deal out of these people. So it is potential that we're gonna have the same choices here. Mm. But we'll see. I think there's I feel like there's definitely some winners. For me there's three that are like the three. Yeah. And then like Add an extra and there's win. a couple of ones that I wasn't keen on like that don't count like the role's too small or it's Gods of Egypt. <laughs> and then there's like everything else is good. There's like mm. Gods of Egypt is like at the bottom and the kill. Gods of Egypt and the kill hole. Yeah. Miss me with those. And there's a lot of stuff. Then it's like everything else is good and there's like three absolute standouts. Yeah. Okay, so... So I think we're going to have the same three. So... I think... So what are your favourites though? Like your personal... Yeah, so my, so my four are uh, Black Panther. Yeah, same. 42. Same. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the three that are like, I think I think I'm, we can both agree that those three are like the the best yeah. three that give a real oh, yeah. range of him as an actor. Yeah. And they're all brilliant films. Yeah, definitely. And then, then it was just like, okay, what's my fourth? Well, a lot of these ones in the middle I like quite a lot. So I'll just mm. pick one. Yeah. So the one that I think I went for, it was kind of close because I like quite a lot of the others. Mm. But for the, the one that edged it for me was Marshall. Right, okay. What was it for you? I I put in, um, for my personal one, Get On Up. Get On Up, okay. Um, I knew it would be one of those two because they're yeah. the two like big bios. 
even though I didn't um I didn't really enjoy the film just because of um like the character and how much not how much I disliked him but like because I just disliked the character um but I thought his performance was incredible mm-hmm. and to play um like a portrayal throughout their whole life kind of like from when he was quite young to a you know James Brown when he was older mm-hmm. um was, See, that's yeah, the really real powerful. difference between get on up and Marshall as mm-hmm. bio, biopics you you've kind much- of got Two, slice of time you've got two picks of bar picks you either try and do the whole life yeah or you pick a one moment. important event and zoom in on it yeah um, or the one I don't like which a lot of bios seem to do is like they zoom in on their last days and I'm like I want to see them at their most interesting yeah. not their final days yeah um, I don't like that that trope so I, the get on up was my um, personal favourite but mm. I put in Marshall yeah Marshall's mine as um, I put that forward for his IMDb top four. For his IMDb top four. Yeah. So, you, so you would say his IMDb top four would be the same as what I picked for my actual four. Yeah. Well, there we go. I've agreed it. That was the easiest one we've ever done. <laughs> so my top four was Black Panther, 42, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Marshall. Yeah. Which is also our agreed known four on IMDb. Yeah. But yours is slightly different. Yeah. My I like Get On Up. As so like you would just switch portrayal out. Portrayal of his talent. Yeah. So you would yeah. just switch out Marshall for Get On Up. It's almost like the fifth choice. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. So definitely, if you haven't seen any of those, well, basically uh, all those top five, I would say are the must watches. Yeah, get hold of them. Um, I think Check Message from the King is really underrated. Yeah. Um, the Five Bloods and Twenty One Bridges are both Worth films with good performances. Worth a watch. Worth a watch. Mm. Good concepts, but kind of not cohesive enough. Yeah. Uh, skip Kill Hole, Skip Gods of Egypt. <laughs> And the Express on Draft Day are fine sports movies where he has like basically small scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, definitely seek them out because he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. I'm glad um, that I really enjoyed going through guy. his whole career, basically. Mm. It was a really, really interesting thing to do. So here's, uh, you know, here's the Oscars. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I, th- I can't think of a performance that I think is as strong as his lead in Ma Rainey. Yeah. from this year so I feel like it's definitely at least owed a nomination mm. I, off the top of my head I would say it's it should win but yeah. I can't I haven't seen every film from this year yet obviously but there mm. hasn't been that many films to be fair they've all been delayed yeah Oscar's going to be a weird one next year we'll still do our Oscars game we'll see, we'll see what happens but um, yeah so um, yeah thanks Chadwick you've been wonderful and thanks, listeners, for sticking through this sort of uh, mini spin-off project of a podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll come back to it one day, but um, for now, it's on the back burner. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably see any updates if I plan on doing any more. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Bob Shoy. That's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Yeah. And if you want to see any of the other podcasts I work on, if you want to list listen to anything else I, I work on it's uh, bobshoy.com that's b-o-b-s-h-o-y.com and you can see everything else this is part of the Bob Shoy podcast network and you can see the other things I work on on there so um, since it's the last one I'll just quickly tell you what they are there's uh, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable that's my show that's been running for over five years uh, British podcast award winning podcast um, in 2017 mm-hmm. yeah. um, your co-host with uh, the lovely um, beef and Tiss. Yeah, Beef and Tiss. Long time friends, like known them since school. 
and uh, we take turns hosting that one. It's it's really fun, and we basically talk about anything strange, unexplained, extraterrestrial, um, all that stuff. But we're not conspiracy nuts. We're very laid back about it. And I think the unique thing that we bring to that show is uh, we talk a lot about spirituality and we all have a lot of different backgrounds with spirituality. So basically we have uh, one Christian host, one atheist host and one um, agnostic host that's open to maybe Eastern philosophies. (laughs) Um, But you come at everything with a very open mind. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's a really fun show. It's very lighthearted, very laid back. It's only a cursory glance on each subject. It's not in depth. Um, so that's that. Uh, there's also Five Minute Folklore, which is a solo show I do, um, but with voices provided uh, by Rebecca. Everybody. <laughs> and especially Rick and then some other people. Rick's sort of my, my helper for that show. Um, that show is also coming to an end shortly. But that show is basically me running over different folklores from all over the world. Every episode focuses on a different country and I pick a folklore from that country, retell sort of within five minutes their most famous story and then dig into the origins and influences and histories of that that folklore Mm. figure. It's really fun. That is also a British Podcast Award nominated podcast. I didn't win for that one. But uh, yeah, it was fun to go. (laughs) Um, And then my newest podcast is one that I do with... Emma Apps is my co-host for that, and we talk all about The Simpsons. Um, so after the popularity of our Simpsons episode on this podcast, uh, we decided to do a whole spin-off of it. So every episode, me and Emma talk about our four and one more. We use that concept from this. Uh, favourite Simpsons episodes, we go series by series, so favourite from series one, favourite from series two. And then we also, between each series, pick like another topic. Yeah, mm. we do our favourite characters, our favourite songs, our favourite Halloween segments, all that stuff. And that's a limited series that's going to run for about a year. And they're the other shows I work on. So if you go on bobshoy.com, you can find out check more about out. those and check them all out and you might like some of those. Dip in. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed this run of episodes and this podcast. Cool. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll be back one day, but who knows? So I know we normally do what we normally do until next Next. time and talk about the next actor or actress, but there won't be one. Until next time, maybe we'll do an Oscar special. Bye. (laughs) Snappy, snappy sign off. Uh, Yeah, no promises. Until next time, take care, everyone. Love you lots. Bye bye. Bye bye. You better get on out of here right now. Go get the hell out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.